Precious Lord, we thank you for this day. You're an outstanding God, and you're lovely to us. Thank you for waking us up this morning and giving us your rest and your peace. We pray for all of those in the world who have souls of which the enemy is interested. Open their eyes so that they can see exactly what this entire existence is about. It's about the wrestling of their souls. It's about a man, God, who died on a cross to deliver them from sin, hell, and death. And it's about gaining victory over anything that tries to stop us from not making it to heaven and being at rest. We know you didn't intend for the world to be this way, Lord. We will fight our battles with our eyes wide open until we reach that sweet by and by. Until then, we will celebrate the heaven inside of us and thank you for being here and helping us through all these battles. You're awesome, Father. We are victorious in Jesus' name. We lift up all the prayer requests received and we give them to you as you sit on your throne. We pray for comfort for the mothers and fathers who lost their children and loved ones. We pray for the lonely who wish they had a mate. We pray for relationships that lead uh, to separation. And we know that you are a God of restoration. We pray for the poor who only want a dollar or two to get something to eat or drink. Cause us to be the help to those who need it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Use me, Holy Spirit, as you usually do. Use me to deliver this word and give someone hope. Cause something that I say today jump into someone's heart and remove the scales. I'm so honored to preach your word, God. There are no words to express how I feel. I'm so honored to be part of your kingdom. It's a lovely place to be physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. We and the Father are one. By Jesus' stripes, we are healed. We are the righteousness of God. We already won this battle. I cover everyone with the blood of Jesus Christ right now by the sound of my voice. Baruch atah Hashem Adonai. Blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised, everybody. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a new day. I hope that everybody's doing fine today. I pray to God that he is blessing you in every way possible and that you're receiving it in every way possible as well. Amen? It's so important what he did for us on the cross. People get into the food, the children, the relatives coming over to eat, which movie they're going to watch that evening, which is usually the Ten Commandments. Amen? But what we need to get into more is the purpose that Jesus did what he did. Lucifer broke protocol with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, trying to start his own business, which failed. So he decided to try to get God back by attacking his creation. Adam and Eve were newly created. They were innocent, enjoying their lives with God as well as walking with him in the cool of the day. Just the same, the same thing that we're doing today. Amen. Just trying to enjoy our relationship with the Lord and do right. Amen. And live holy. You're walking along, enjoying your life, thinking of good things, hopefully. Just doing your daily chores day by day, smiling, loving, encouraging people. 
and along comes trouble every time. Just when you thought you had a little fresh air, something pops up unexpectedly and turns your whole world upside down. You know that you didn't do anything to deserve that, amen? 99% of the time, you didn't. And 99% of the time, it's because you're about to get blessed by your Father above, and the enemy knows it too. He knows it, but he just can't put his finger on it, see? When he separated himself from God, he lost out on a lot of information. If the devil realizes the move of God in our lives, shouldn't we realize that ahead of time before him? Amen? We should know what's happening before he knows what's happening. He's standing there waiting for the blessing to come to you so he could smack it out of your hands, and we don't even know the blessing's coming half the time. (laughs) Amen? And it makes one wonder how the enemy begins to work on us because of a blessing coming our way, and we can't even see the blessing coming. Could it be that we're not spending enough time with our Father? Selah, amen. That's a Selah moment. Could it be that we're using religious, short, thin, barely get-by prayers? Hmm. Could it be that we think we're covered and we have it all in the bag when the bag just may have a hole in it? James 1.17 says that the Father of lights is the giver of gifts. Yes, he gives gifts, but he also wants us to appreciate them as well. The biggest gift he ever gave is giving his son to die on a cross to save us from the enemy and from sin, hell and death, when he could have actually destroyed us and started all over. Talking about grace, that's grace, everybody. Love doesn't kill. Love rejuvenates and strengthens. Amen. God gave his best, now he wants us to give him our best. There is nothing else he can give over Jesus Christ. Now, I'd like to start from chapter 20 of John, verse 12. This is when Mary Magdalene went to go see Jesus at the sepulcher and his body was gone. She began to weep in verse 13. The angel asked her why she was crying and she said they took her Lord's body away. She wanted to privately pay Jesus respect. Respect to his body. After she spoke to the angel, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know that it was him. Amen. This reminds me of the verse in the Bible that says, be careful who you entertain, because sometimes you can entertain angels unaware. Jesus was with her, and she didn't even know who he was. How many times can Jesus be with us, and we don't even know that it's him? It's something to think about. Amen. That man asking you for $5 to get a meal at McDonald's could be the Lord or sent from him, by him. Hebrew scholars say that King Melchizedek is a type of Christ as well as who showed up to Abram. He was considered as a type of Christ. Amen? There are many times in the Bible where people showed up and could be a type of Christ there or Christ himself. Amen? They say that Jacob wrestled with God. That's why his hip was placed out of socket. Our arms are too short to box with God, everybody. He walked around with a limp, but he walked around blessed. Amen? (laughs) Don't you feel that way sometimes? Amen? Some of you have wrestled with God, and you might have a limp, but you're blessed. Hallelujah. 
I say limp on, my friends, because by Jesus' stripes we have already been healed. Listen, if Jesus can heal bodies, grow new hair and teeth in people, cause the dead to come back to life, cause miraculous weight loss to the point where people are standing in the service and their clothes almost fall off of them, if he can heal cancer and other diseases, you can he can surely heal your limp. Amen? Amen. There's a difference in being with Jesus and then knowing Jesus. Those are two different things. Judas knew Jesus too. I mean, he was with Jesus. Amen? The word no. Okay, we'll get into the word no. It's a very important word. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 says, Adam and Eve, okay, Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bared Cain. Bear, okay, Cain. And then she said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And in verse 2, she again bare his brother Abel, making them possibly twins. Yes, according to God's word, Cain and Abel were twins. If you notice, she conceived once, and bared twice. Anytime a woman conceived once and bears twice, she has had a set of twins. Hallelujah. Sometimes in the Bible the word no or new is used simply for sex. In the Strong's Concordance, the word no or new is under the number 3045, okay, which would be the Hebrew dictionary. And looking at 3045, we see yada. Okay, I'm sure you've heard that word so many times. You ever hear people say, Jewish people say, yada, yada, yada. And then everybody else picks it up and everybody's saying, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But in this case, it doesn't mean sex, 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 okay? It means recognition, surety, acquaintance, kinsman, all right? Y-A-D-A, that's the how you spell that word. After Adam and Eve's fall, I'm sure that having sex wasn't as beautiful and enjoyable as God had first intended it to be. As they say, God only knows what was really supposed to be like. Amen? I'm sorry, but I have to giggle a little on that one. But when you think about it, it could be true. You never know how he meant for it to be. This is the same as a relationship with the Lord. Do you know him as in having an intimate, get it, relationship with the Lord? Or do you just know of him? Do you know him or do you know of him? There's a difference. We need to go from the of to the no. Amen? Take out some time with the Lord. Jesus calls us his wife. He doesn't call us girlfriend, okay? <laughs> so there's a difference. Hallelujah. Give him your all. Notice in John chapter 20, verse 16, there is a key there that we need to know today, okay? Mary didn't know who Jesus was until he called her name. Hallelujah. It says Jesus Jesus said unto her, Mary. And once he called her name, it says, Then she turned herself and said to him, Rabbani, which is to say, Master. Oh, how wonderful life is once Jesus calls your name. Hallelujah. 
What an honor, and you will know exactly who it is. His voice is so beautiful. You know, that was actually Mary's calling. I have a question for you. Has God been calling you? Is God calling you? Are you getting the signs? There's different signs. People dream of God speaking to them or they see messages in their dreams. He could speak to you through your dreams. He could speak to you through TV, the computer, neighbors, friends, family, loved ones, your children. In fact, are you even noticing the signs? Some people are too busy to even notice the signs. They trip over them and keep on walking. God doesn't call special people. He calls whoever he feels like calling. Then they're special. Amen? I am certainly not special, but he called me. Him calling me makes me special to him. He took out he took me out of the world, folks, and he showed himself to me in ways unimaginable. He can do the same for you. Jesus told Mary not to touch him yet because he had yet to ascend to his father. It was against Jewish customs for somebody to touch a dead body at that time, right? But in this case, Jesus was risen, yet he still didn't want her to touch his body until he received a new body from the Father. Amen? Although Jesus came to make the law better, he still didn't disrespect or break the law. Is he an excellent example or what? I'm very sure that Mary didn't see a striped, amen, stripped Jesus. Think about it. The centurions had him, okay? But Jesus, as he is well known for doing, even healed himself. Amen. The rich man wrapped a package of hamburger, so to speak. And Jesus came back with healed flesh. How does that happen? His body was ripped to sheds by a cat of nine tail. A cat of nine tail goes into your skin and rips shreds out, rips it by the the shreds. And they did his entire body. Amen. I believe that there was so much anointing on those cloths that they wrapped Jesus in that they helped to heal his body for when he arose from the dead. Folks can try to kill your flesh, but guess what? They can't kill the anointing. Amen and hallelujah. Amen. People may try to get rid of you. They might try to silence you, but they cannot get rid of your anointing. What God gives you belongs to you. Hallelujah. A prostitute and a rich man prepared Jesus for his burial. One anointed his body with expensive spikenard, and the other was a rich person who prepared his body for the grave, knowing that one day Jesus will rise as he had promised. Praise God. All rich people do not worship their money. This is a typical example that we cannot judge people according to how much money they have. If they have a lot of everybody that has a lot of money is not evil, okay? <laughs> Amen. And yes, rich people can be believers. I wish that we could hear the prayer 
of the rich man as he wrapped Jesus' body. Can you imagine that? You close your eyes and just think. And just imagine how he was talking to Jesus and how he was praying as he was wrapping and preparing Jesus' body. He followed Jesus and he was a disciple, so I'm sure his prayer was outstanding. Joseph of Arimathea, the rich man, was not an undertaker. Joseph of Arimathea was an overcomer, just like God wants us to be as well. You are an overcomer. If you are listening to this, you are an overcomer, and don't let the devil tell you anything else. Amen? If it's negative, it's not God. It's that simple. Amen? It's so beautiful how Jesus announces his ascension to a woman and tells her to go tell the men about it. She went and testified to them about it. See, it's safe to say she obeyed Christ. Amen? And this is what God wants us to do. All he wants is for us to obey Jesus Christ, obey his son. Verse 19 tells us that the men were shut in with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. Fear, get it? Fear causes you to hide Fear causes people to duck and run. After everything that they saw and experienced with Jesus, they still had fear? See, you can serve God and still be a man pleaser. Still be afraid of men. We have to search ourselves on the inside to see if we totally believe in God's word or if there's anything of man that we accept over God's word. Don't accept anything that presents itself greater than God in the Bible, okay? Everyone who says they believe don't totally believe 100%. There are many Christians walking around with doubt. There are many pastors that were in the pulpit, saved many people, had church for years, and walked out of the pulpit and told people they didn't believe. They no longer believed. They lost their faith. I believe many will sell out to stop their beheading. If it came down to it here in the United States where we live at, I don't know where some of you are from India and Africa, different places, I'm sure, um, and Israel. We even have uh, people from Israel listening. Praise God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless Israel. But there are people, if it came down to being beheaded, like it goes on in some countries, people are not with it. They're not going to do it. This is where they would have to go into the... Okay, they go into the me, me, me's, and, and they go into the I, I, I's, and they're questioning themselves, saying, how long, how long will the pain last if they behead me? That's really going to, what if I don't die immediately? So many questions, you know what I mean? Some will turn from the faith in a heartbeat. As I always say, John 666, check it out. Amen. They turn their backs on Jesus. Please the enemy. Right in the middle of our fears, Jesus will show up just as he did the disciples in this case. In verse 19, he showed up when the doors were shut, which means nothing natural can stop him from showing up. When Jesus wants to show up, he's going to show up, okay? (laughs) Amen? He's got the power to do that. Hallelujah. Jesus walked through a man-made, he walked through man-made materials to get to those that he loves. And he does the same for you today. 
He could walk through jail cells. He can walk through the walls of a house where the wife is getting beat. He can walk through the walls of the house where the children are being mistreated or the husband is a drunk. He can walk through the walls of the house of the people who are shooting up and getting high and snorting and sniffing and smoking. Nothing is too hard for God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, in this case, he either walked through the walls and the door, okay, or he teleported, as some people call it, amen. To teleport, actually, is to transport or be transported across space and distance instantly. Amen. So when you say teleport, don't think of, uh, what is it, Dr. Spock and them? <laughs> you know, it's, it's not always that, okay. Hallelujah. Uh, I think um, I was listening to Andrew Womack one time preaching on TV, teaching, and he said that him and his wife or something, I think, was going down a hill and lost their brakes or whatever, and there was cows or something in the middle of the street, and he thought he was going to hit the cows with the car. And he said he closed his eyes just as they were getting ready to hit the cows, and nothing happened, and the car just kept going down, and he turned around and looked real quick, and the cows were still there, and he was on the other side of the cows. So don't tell me God can't save us from you know disaster. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Although we know he has the power to do that, he still took care of us by leaving us the Holy Spirit who is always with us. Now, we have the power to do those things. Isn't that that wonderful? Now, we have the power to do those things. Jesus is outstanding. He's awesome. Jesus loves to share to the obedient. That is, amen. While the men had the door shut, they were missing out on divine opportunity to witness to others. If any of you out there are like me, okay, you could be a bit introverted. I've been introverted all my life until my calling, so to speak. I still go through that. <laughs> I don't really hang out like other people do, but I'm, I'm cool. I'm approachable. <laughs> Amen. I've been known to be shy all of my life. I always had um, certain friends to hang with. And it was always the underdogs. I was one of those kind of people. I don't know how many of you were listening to this, but maybe you did the same thing. I always hung with the underdogs. I didn't like to see people get teased or talked about. Amen? I never really fit in with the big guys. And I didn't care, really. I even got teased about my friends. I, I, even, had, I even had loved ones say to me, Who's that one friend you have with the buck teeth? What's her name? Or, or, or this one. What's your friend's name that never closes her coat? And they would laugh. Or here's one. What's the girl's name with the big lips again? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the, that. You know. Or what about what about the who's what's the name of that who's that big one you hang with? And I'm thinking to myself, wow, really? Do they always have to be described of something negative? Have when's the last time you've looked in a mirror yourself? You ever feel like saying that to people sometimes? <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know. I didn't begin to speak much until God called me into the ministry. And, you know, I even had a man one time tell me, an old man, and he told me one time, I was surprised. Okay, I said hello to him one time. And he told me he was surprised that I said hello to him because I thought I was too cute to speak to anybody. You ever have that one happen to you? <laughs> I was too cute to speak, okay? Imagine if I'd have let that bother me. You, that really shocked me, hurt me, you know, for a minute. <laughs> Sometimes the people that you think are trying to be cute just may be introverted. Christians, 
you know, we have to give each other some slack. Amen? And we have to judge righteously or we can ruin somebody's life or cause somebody to take their own lives, which I truly believe have happened many times. And we have to be careful not to judge somebody by what we hear about them. There is so much of that going on nowadays. I've seen where almost whole towns reject somebody because of something that they heard about them. Amen? You can be the murderer by the way you treat somebody or by your mouth. Amen? And there have been many people out there who have murdered characters. There have been families and entire entities that have ruined people's lives by scuttlebutt. That's military for gossip, okay? And it's very damaging to people. People always tend to believe the numbers, folks. If there are more of them, okay, than there are of you, most likely you're not going to win. Not with them anyway, so there's no sense in trying. Amen? One family... One family can say something negative about you, and it has a ripple effect. And then you're wondering why you feel rejection everywhere you go, why nobody likes you or something. Because that one family that didn't like you ruined your name. And God forbid they should know a lot of people. (laughs) But God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. The first thing Jesus did when he showed up was to wish them peace. Amen? I bid you peace. Jehovah Shalom means God our peace. Jesus, Yeshua, Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9, 6. If you want to write that down. Melchizedek, King of Peace. That's what we are to be keepers of peace. That doesn't mean to let everybody have their way just to keep the peace. Amen. Let's not get it twisted. That means to guard your environment with the truth because the truth is peace. Well, sometimes, okay. It also wages war against the hell that may dwell in your immediate area or in your life in various ways. Amen? We have to keep our peace about us. Now, it is one of the main signs that we are followers of the Christ. Amen? In days and times like today, there's a war waging against Christians, and we need to always tell the truth no matter how hard it seems. If it makes you look or feel bad, just tell the truth regardless. God's got your back. He's got you. That's what the devil's been working on lately, trying to make liars out of God's people, trying to make God's people look bad. They try to catch Jesus in his words, they're going to try to catch you in your words. You can bet the farm on it. Amen. Devils are trying to make themselves look innocent these days just so that you can look bad. But the truth always comes out in the wash. Amen. Sometimes it seems like the God in you has to embarrass folks to make them shut up and leave you alone. You ever have that happen where God fights a battle for you and people are just embarrassing themselves and they stop? And inside you're saying to yourself, well, I tried to tell them, touch not God's anointed and do his prophets no harm and they won't bust their head on that wall, (laughs) you know? And sometimes God just has to show people just how ignorant they've been to make them behave themselves. See, when the devil thinks that nobody else can see what's happening, okay, and this is what happened, when he thinks that nobody else can see what he's doing to you, he loves it. He eats that up. He has you sitting in that pity pool, okay? He has you feeling bad, losing your sleep, getting sick, 
spitting up while you're trying, almost spitting up while you're trying to uh, fall off to sleep. Okay, but when God reveals it and brings it out into the open for everybody to see, He's sick about it, and so are the people that He's using against you. As I always say, just practice patience and a God. Let God do the hard work. Let God do all the work. Amen. You'll be glad in the end. Don't you just love how God snatches the sheets and covers off of evil people? Just when the devil thinks his game is working, God changes the rules to your benefit. Look, it's God's way or no way. Period. No question mark. Exclamation point. Amen. (laughs) Slash. Backslash. Forward slash. Amen. It's God's way or no way. In John chapter 20, verse 22, Jesus leaves us all the Holy Spirit. He breathed upon them and they received. I pray that we all learn to receive gifts from the Lord. Some people try to act like they have a hard time receiving. I used to be one of them. I know what I'm talking about. But when it comes to gifts from the Lord, we need to learn how to receive from him. He will never give us anything we couldn't handle. God knows exactly what you need. I feel like there's some people out there right now where God has sent you small gifts and you ignored them or you didn't like them because they were too small for you, not exactly what you were asking for or what you had been asking for, amen, as though they were not good enough, okay? That's not a good thing, guys. God is the God of more than enough, and when he thinks that you deserve something bigger, he'll give it to you. Give him time. Let him do what he does good. Love on us, amen? You can ask God for a brand new car, and if you don't keep the old one clean, why would he give you a new one? Why would God give you a fresh new Lincoln or a Cadillac, and you can't even keep the old Chevy clean? McDonald's, pop bottles, you know, paper, all everything, you know, tennis shoes, <laughs> you know, clothes in the, in, in the back floor. Why would he give you a new car? Why would he give you a new house when you can't even wash the dishes in your old one? Let's let's get real here, right? You know, forgive me if this sounds harsh, but why would God answer some of your prayers, amen, and you won't even use his Holy Spirit that he's given you for free, amen, to help you? If you would use the Holy Spirit by having a conversation with him, talking in his language, allowing him to use your language, you would get some of the answers you've been asking God for. People say, I never spoke in tongues. And some people say they're not even interested. I've heard that before. And some people say it doesn't exist. But what they don't realize is half of their answers is in the tongue. Why else would Jesus breathe upon his disciples and give them cloven tongues? Uh, here we go. Ready? Okay. Cloven tongues, right? Everybody, you listening? You remember that? Where the cloven tongues were, were on their heads? Cloven. Let's look up cloven, right? It means to have double languages. Think about it. They spoke in tongues. Every one of them, regardless of what their nationality or background was, they had two languages. Guess what? You have two languages. You, my friend, actually have two languages. Now, here's my question. Are you using them? Jesus. You know, I've heard people say that people who speak two languages are very intelligent. 
you know, we make fun, you know, people make fun of Mexicans or they make fun of Greek, Greeks or they make fun of Italians or whatever, you know, and, and, and because, you know, because of the way they talk. But do they realize the people that you're making fun of are smarter than you because you only know one language, so to speak, right? The world we're talking about here, right? And Christians, you have two languages. Are you using them? Let's take a look at the word cloven, okay? It means split or divided in two. Okay, think about this. What else do you know in the Bible you might have heard a million times that is split or divided in two? Okay, let's go to Hebrews 4.12. (laughs) Amen. Write this down if you want. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There you go. The Word of God. The Bible is the Word of God, and your tongues is the Word of God as well, in a language that the devil cannot understand. Amen. Amen. You see, the devil knows the word sometimes better than us. It's already been proven. Amen. But here's the key. He doesn't know your tongue. It seems lately that Christians are always complaining about people's tongues, neglecting to share the fact that there's a blessing in having a spiritual tongue. They're so busy telling people to shut up that people are afraid to talk to God anymore. I've seen so many instances where people's hopes and dreams were dashed because they testified about their lives and others harassed them about their own testimony. How are you going to harass somebody and tell them how to testify? Can you imagine how Joyce Meyer felt when she first started telling the world that her father raped her, abused her sexually? You know? But she, it's a testimony, and it's helping out thousands of people around the world over her testimony for people who might have been going through that. Our voices matter. If you believe that Jesus has you covered, what would you worry about? Your voice matters. Be careful because the devil will stop you from testifying about the goodness of the Lord, honey. That's all it is. He trying to stop you from testifying about the Lord. People will harass you to death, but they don't want you to talk about them or tell anybody about it. No one else is supposed to know, right, but you. (laughs) You know, insider secret, right? It's like the people that get abused at home and they're told, don't you tell anybody and I'll kill your mom or I'll, you know. It's insider. They don't want anybody to know just how evil and ignorant they are. They want to keep it a secret. They, They don't want anybody to catch on. That when you take them out into the open, they're busted. That's why I say when people testify, I always say, I tell people, testify. Tell it before the devil does. Amen? James 4.3 tells us, Ye ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your own lusts. Some people aren't getting what they want because they're asking God in the wrong way. I have news for everybody, okay? The Holy Ghost knows exactly how to talk to God. He doesn't need any help. Do you trust God? Okay. You trust Jesus, right? But you don't trust the Holy Ghost? There's something wrong with that. The Holy Ghost is a gift from Jesus. What was I saying earlier about people who can't receive? Don't be one. 
God is a triune God. You can't leave one out. Okay? We need all three. Praise the Lord. Actually, if you left one out, that would be worshiping a cloven God. <laughs> that would not be true word at all. Our cloven tongue is quick, powerful, and sharp. More than a two-edged sword that pierces the soul and spirit, the joint and the marrow, giving a strong discernment of the intents of the hearts of others. Amen. In two by two, you have power over unclean spirits. Speaking of two, all right? Speaking of cloven, two languages. Amen. You have, there's power in two. Mark 6, 7. It says, and he called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. There you go, power in two. Power in The power of two is very strong. You get witness with the power of two. Look, Matthew eighteen sixteen says, but if he will not hear you, this is a person who's acting up, okay, and you've got to take him to the church and get witnesses and everything. And it says, if you go to him and tell him his fault, and if he will not hear you, take two or three more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established, okay? And, and watch it. You can't even accuse an elder without two witnesses. There we go with the power of two again. You know, the power of two is very important. Very important. Even the Bible, what is it? Amos 3.3 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Amen. And it even tells us in the word that it's good for a woman to have a husband or a man to have a wife because they're too strong cord. It's hard to beat. Amen. Because you got three: the husband, the wife, and Jesus. Okay, you can't even accuse an elder without two witnesses. First Timothy five nineteen: Against an elder, receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. Amen. When Jesus gave us the Holy Ghost, He gave us the church's authority. Hallelujah. He said in John twenty twenty three that whosoever sins you remit, they remitted unto them. That means that if you forgive someone's sins, they're forgiven. And it also says that if you retain someone's sins, they're retained. Now, to remit means to cancel, refrain from, or set aside. To retain means to keep possession of, to keep a hold of. Okay? That's the authority that Jesus has given you. If he told us to pray for our enemies, how can we retain somebody's sins? Would you want somebody to retain yours? No. That's why we're to forgive. That's something to think about. Let us walk in peace with one another. Amen. Do not hold your tongue when it comes to telling somebody about the love of Jesus Christ. Only the Antichrist would make you stop. If God says what you're doing is okay, how can man tell you that you're not? Right? Whose report will you believe? I'll end this by answering that and saying, I believe the report of the Lord, and I pray that you do as well. Are you saved? Now is the time to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. With all this going on around the world, you need a friend. <clears throat> Amen? Jesus can be that special friend if you allow him into your life. He's your helper. And his Holy Spirit, as we said earlier, is your comforter. If you're not saved, just repeat the Romans road after me. Just say this. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I'm so sorry, Lord. I believe that you died on a cross and rose three days later from the dead just for me. And I accept what you've done. I accept you as my Savior. 
Thank you, Jesus, and amen, 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 hallelujah. Heaven is having a party over you. They are rejoicing right now. The angels are rejoicing because you just got to say welcome to the family of God. Now go find a Bible-believing, Holy Ghost-filled church and learn of him. Amen. It's never too late. Your new life starts now. All old things are going away. God throws them as far as the east is from the west. Now go live, laugh, and love. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming on today and listening, and I hope to see you uh, this Sunday coming up. I hope to see you on. God bless you. Reverend Essie signing off, and amen.